Welcome to episode two of season six of the Bees and Honey podcast. Today we're speaking to a New York artist, Timur York, who's originally from Uzbekistan. And he was one of the artists on the street painting on all those storefronts that had been boarded up during the social unrest uh, this past June in relation to uh, efforts to create social justice in America. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode and enjoy. Hi, Timur. Hi, Nicola. Good morning. How are you doing? How are you doing? Try the um, speaker or is it how it works? I think it's working fine. So let's uh, start. Um, so Hang on, I barely hear you. Just give me one second. Okay. Say something. Yes. Are you ready? Oh, yes, I'm ready. Okay, great. So tell me about what happened this summer. Art to Heart is a group exhibition that you're currently uh, part of at the National Arts Club. Yes, very happy to. Um, so Art to Heart is a collective of uh, different artists from different walks of life who were united by the common mission of painting messages of love, unity, and compassion on boarded up storefronts in Zoho following the unrest of looting in June of 2020. Um, everyone was shocked at the scene of all the boards and how lifeless the neighborhood became. And the idea was part to turn those boards into artworks. As a result, uh, this became the largest outdoor living museum throughout the summer in the world. And in the end, there were over 700 paintings created by more than 300 artists. Um, so essentially this exhibit showcases the works of the core team of artists who formed Art to Heart. It was essentially five friends, four of them are women who put out the original call to artists to come out and paint in Soho. And when the club reached out and offered us the exhibit in the true nature of the group's mission, the core team also invited several artists from the summer to exhibit together with us as well. And while I was not a founding member of the group, through the series of events and my consistent volunteering for photography for them and my background in advertising and designer, I was asked to design um, the second poster for the following event. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we kept on going. And soon after that, the team offered me to become the core member, which I was very happy about. And of course I accepted, it was fantastic. And so how did this group start? Was it an organic thing that happened through the pandemic or did someone just uh have a group of friends and go out? Like, how did it originate? Yeah, so there was literally friends. I mean, the, after, I think it was June, when did the looting start? It was June 1st, mm -hmm. right? Was it? Somewhere around there. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, the story goes that um, Miriam Novell, who has a tea salon um, somewhere in Soho, and Maxi Cohen, who's a filmmaker, also lives in Soho, they're biking through the area just uh, seeing what the hell happened and uh, they came up with this plan to kind of you know this is not good with you know was art and they got together with more friends with theirs and uh, this is how the call was formed and then they put out the original signal to the artists out there and um, that's how it all started yeah and so this whole pandemic uh, looting uh, social justice thing it's given you a lot of fodder for artwork then uh, would you say you've worked more this year uh, after all of this lockdown and stuff or less on your art yeah um 
I have actually never been busier um, in my recent memory. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I'm hearing you perfectly well. Yeah. Great, great. So yeah, I have never been busier um, in my entire life. I mean, up to this point, uh, that's how uh, everything the pandemic started. First, I was laid off from my full-time job back in May. And the job uh, was my anchor for 11 years uh, up until that point. And when I say anchor, I also mean um, in a dual sense, it was both a device of stability, preventing me from drifting away, providing solid support and predictability, both financially and emotionally. And on the other hand, it also kept me at bay, you know, because at the end of the day, you can only make your art after hours, on weekends, vacations, holidays, if you're lucky. And so right after that, I picked up my camera and I just headed out to the city to document, uh, which back then was a ghost town, if you remember, it was pretty much nothing was happening. And that's what attracted me um, to the supernatural kind of stillness of the city. And during one of those bright summer mornings, I found myself on Soho on June 7th, chasing the light. I, I met the art consultant, completely random. We just walked around. She was the only other person on the block at the time. And we just started chatting and she suggested that I meet her friends who were going to paint storefronts. Um, I thought it was an unusual idea, but um, it did not excite me as much as the scenery around me. So I, I said, okay, fine. If I see you again, I'll do it. And then we, said, we kind of walked separate directions. Um, but as I walked around that morning, um, I found myself uh, on Grand on Green Street. And as I was stood in the corner, who do I see? I see the, the same consultant. We just started laughing at this point. And you know, we'll meet my friends. They're already setting up, they're painting. And so I was right there and uh, I kind of met them and started taking photographs of them the entire day. Yeah, towards the end of the day, I actually picked up a paintbrush and uh, started painting myself. And before that, it was such an interesting experience. I have not painted before that for maybe uh, 10, 11 years. I completely switched to digital art at that point. And to be painting again was kind of getting reacquainted with my older passions, which was always painting, obviously. And uh, it was really, really strange. I could not, it took me a while to kind of get back my, my touch, you know. Yes. I, I, yeah, so it's interesting, interesting. Well, yeah. that's a great story because you sort of uh, could have lost that opportunity, but the opportunity didn't lose you. It made sure that it drew you back in that yeah, day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of like you, can, you can't walk away from your fate. You can't escape your fate. So true, you know, in, in, in so many different uh, areas in life. I mean, it's the same. You think, you, th you think back and think there is no other way it would have happened. Um, this must yeah. have been. I mean, I'm not a big the faith yes but i don't know if there's a plan but i think it's it's an organic kind of faith you know it's the energy you have the, yes yes you have different choices in life you kind of you make left turn there is always something's going to happen you make right turn something's going to happen it doesn't matter where you turn but at some point there is always a consequence of whatever you do and there was like there was some path that kind of leads you there which is interesting yes and the last time i saw your work was also at the national arts club um i mean yeah. it seems you have a relationship with that institution Yes, I remember that exhibit, and, and this was a fundraiser show, and um, you were there with a young Italian artist friend from Rome, correct? Uh, yes, I think I was there with Alessandro, perhaps, or I, I can't remember who I was there with, uh, maybe someone else. Yeah, 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 but, but um, yeah, so basically, uh, National Club, Club is amazing, I mean, it's ever since um, I find myself there for an event, um, a little bit before that, more than half a decade ago, um, I kept coming back for inspiration, art, and friendships, and 
I mean, let's be real. Uh, being an artist is not easy, and it's very impractical and counterintuitive in many ways. And artists, especially serious ones, uh, require support and nourishment. And the club's um, entire mission is to promote and foster public interest in the arts. Mm-hmm. And uh, they offer programs, classes, events, and even scholarships to promising artists. And the fundraiser was actually a benefit to, for the scholarship for, for, the, for the students, for high school students. And so it was a great thing. I remember being in high school and <laughs> it was a strange time. I went to LaGuardia and it was all like always art related. And we did have uh, something to do with, with the club and even SVA at some point also. So club was always kind of uh, on, a, on my uh, kind of a field of vision throughout my art career. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, the atmosphere is amazing there as well. It makes you want to return there all and over again. I'm very grateful for them to for the support and for giving us this exhibit which is amazing amazing opportunity for us yes yes and what would you say are the driving concerns of your art i know you said you changed recently back to painting but what uh besides the hearts in this exhibition what are the driving interests in your work well yes yeah, it's, it's very true i mean every piece of art uh, i have emerged with uh, from the summer has it has a heart in it you know it's it's a unifying element I think I've, I've, I approached this new direction the same way I would have approached the designs problem. Um, I had a theme to work with, and I explored it in a variety of ways. Uh, but I also think that the heart emerged very naturally as a driver of emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very simple, beautiful, and instantly recognizable shape, regardless of where you come from in the world. And that's actually been very much at the core of my art for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with icons and symbols creating a historical kind of visual archive of our time. And it just so happened that in the past year, and I think for the foreseeable future, we will be more keenly in touch with our emotions. Uh, there is just no way around that. This pandemic opened up so, so many, you know, just the, just the box of like all sorts of emotions. And so expect to see more hearts from me in the future, Nicola. Yeah. You know, and in fact, uh, my current uh, spread love project is exactly that, where I keep, around this when I walk around the city with a stencil and I, and I paint the hearts you know and I will keep painting it for as long as um, we remain under this coronavirus fog yes. yeah. and what where are you from originally I forget yeah I'm from Uzbekistan it's uh, one of those uh, settled republics so, so former US- USSR mm-hmm. yeah I'm half Russian half Tatar it's uh, one of those fiery mixes you get <laughs> right yeah yeah and how would people find your work outside of this exhibition? Like, what's your website or where, if they wanted to buy something? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, they can find me on Instagram. It's a Timur York Art. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they can always find me. There was a website there. There was a, some samples of my work and everything else. And mm-hmm. pretty much I'm, I'm always available. Yeah. And then you spoke about, you know, the pandemic opening this uh, sort of emotional uh, Pandora's box. And I think that's true. Uh, what do you think about all the other changes that are happening in New York outside of, let's say, economically with these restaurant closures and storefront closures? Do you think that's going to help? You know, rents are coming down in terms of uh, real estate. Mm. What do you what do you think? How will that affect you as an artist or artists in general? Yeah, well, I definitely I, I feel bad for all the businesses that had to shut down and all the people who are unemployed suddenly. I mean, this is horrible. Um, and the dining and restaurant scene has always been a big part of the city and experience. Uh, you know, when being out, it's always kind of, it's, it's how you live in New York. It's part of the thing, you know, you struggle mm-hmm. with this reward. Um, and so are the storefronts. I mean, this is another big thing for the city. 
but yeah lower rents is what enables artists to stay in the city uh, if it wasn't at least for that the city would be in a far worse shape i mean imagine because if you have vacant buildings vacant apartments that's when criminal elements starts brewing and that's not good for anybody uh, yeah but yeah. exactly what you know artists do need space we need as much as we can get Yes, and you know, someone uh, was saying that uh, some of the Wall Street guys who moved to Florida, they're already thinking of moving back. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I, well, I don't know if these are the guys that are buying art, but I thought, what, they didn't even wait for a uh, hurricane season before they decided to move back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> Anyways. Funny. So what are your plans for the future? Like this exhibition will be done soon and then you have your new body of work. I mean, what do you think now that this a pandemic has shaken up your life and got you out of that comfort zone job situation? What are your plans? Well, I mean, my plans for the future, boy, uh, there are so many plans I have, Nicolette. I have endless and ambitious art projects in my mind. And uh, all I want to do is make good art and make good living with it, you know, without having relying on having an unrelated outside source of income to do it with. But yes. I will say this, though, um, this whole coronavirus situation mm -hmm. opened my eyes on the fragility and speed of life and the importance of having a loving family, good friends by your side. And for years, I was too focused on my work, maybe because I was in this kind of hamster wheel of just like, doing 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 and forgetting that life's years just go by and you know now maybe i'm getting a little older um and i do want the permanent presence of a loving supportive woman in my life you know that gave me this window into the what was important um who would also share my love for art and for you know be my best friend my love and my partner and everything and i mean i hope that's not too much to wish for is it <laughs> you know it's yeah. just it's fun <laughs> Can I tell you something? I Please. think that is so beautiful what you just said. It, it fits in with the theme of the hearts, first of all. But of all the interviews I've ever done with people, no one has ever gone there. <laughs> and it had to take a Russian heart, or what, let's call it Uzbekistani heart, Tartar to address heart. that Tartar heart. And I, I, I love that. I love that. This is, <laughs> this is a first for me. And I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I yes. absolutely agree yes. with you. This is, I mean, thank you for saying this, Nicolette. I mean, this is, like I said, it's opening up so many emotions, so many, you know, experiences. And I mean, it shakes you up. It gives you a fresh perspective on life and what's important. And after all this is, is done and well, I mean, hopefully we'll, we'll find a way to um, live our lives better. But how's Theo doing? Yeah, well, you know, I am figuring things out myself. I mean, I've, this uh, podcast has been an anchor for me as well the pandemic to keep involved with art to keep in touch with artists to keep in touch with people in the art world and to you know just to stimulate some sort of community for myself as well uh, but I'm thinking now uh, what is the next step I have a few ideas and I'm a little bit slow to bring them out because I'm still uh, figuring out the best way to do what I have in mind mm -hmm. but um, I would say in the next few months it should be obvious what I'm working on and it will be a little bit of an extension of the podcast, but it will also be uh, a little bit more uh, getting back into exhibitions and stuff like that. I mean, I'm just so happy to get around and see my friends again and, you know, just stop all this stupid, uh, distanced, blah, 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 yeah. you know. I'm, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm just really into I'm into all the doctors that are actually brave enough to question things. And I'm into science a lot in mm -hmm. science in the idea that 
not everything is known, not everything is written in stone, and that there must be room for investigation. I mean, I'm just really concerned about how the whole world is going in terms of deciding that this is it and this is the way. And I, I, I really, it's, it's scary. It's some sort of barbaric notion and it's not evolution. Yeah, it, it is scary because, I mean, we, we think in our heads that uh, we kind of project, you know, ourselves into other people, but then we realize there are, you know, agendas in the background, especially with the government's concern. And, you know, the, there is always something, uh, there is a reason for things. And uh, But no, I, I believe this whole social distancing, it's really, it's put us at a distance. And it's kind of, we're not supposed to be this way. We're social creatures. We're supposed yes. to be companies of each other. Yes. And this whole thing is just like, that's why people have, so much depression because they they've been stuck indoors they've been you know they cannot go out or they can but they're limited lately. and yeah i just um it's, it's hurting people more than it's helping yeah and, and you know it's, it's just like even uh, you can be outside in the park and just like if you have to be a certain feet away from each other but yeah, it's definitely is there'll, there'll be a lot of you know a long-term um kind of um well, after this uh, people have yeah. to deal with um i mean it's just that's how it is. We, we're so fragile, you know, <laughs> it doesn't and, take you know, much. <laughs> and we still have it here relatively good. I mean, our numbers of coronavirus uh, people or whatever you want to call them, victims mm. is large. But I mean, here in America, we are free compared to the rest of Europe and stuff like that. They have it really hard now. Yes. And I think it's a second wave, right? Because it started in Italy. Italy was a huge hit. I mean, boy. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. And my sister was supposed to have a wedding, actually, it was postponed, and now it's postponed again. And said, poor girl, <laughs> you know, I really want her to get, you know, all of this. And uh, it's just yeah. such a monkey wrench in everybody's lives, and, you know. Well, I'm just fascinated by how things have reversed, you know. All the freedoms of the first world have sort of been curtailed. And now if you go to the third world, like, they're living it up in the Caribbean. They're living it up in Africa. They're living ah. it up. <laughs> it's like they're free because they're outdoors and you know life goes on and the numbers are not so mm -hmm. uh high and us in the first we're in our prison yeah our self-created prison no for sure but you still have family out there right Caribbean. yes so thankfully i mean i'm not visiting them enough but again that's another plan for the future uh yeah. how to have more of a presence uh in the caribbean and just other parts of the third world that also are probably more appreciative of what artists have to offer and what my myself might have to offer as opposed to the money-driven first world yeah yeah <laughs> no we, we've been at it for so long i mean i think it takes the pandemic to sort of uh, look back and say wait a minute you know is this important or what is it really important here yeah i yeah. mean and i'm also fascinated by this whole nft explosion thing with I was joking to a friend of mine, every artist that didn't make it in the so-called uh, contemporary art world have now decided to become an NFT artist. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. The 65 million? What was the number? Yeah, 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 yeah. Insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that. I don't think everyone's going to make it there either, but whatever. No, I mean, it, it's as exciting. I mean, I'm, I was considering because, you know, even in my art, I start digitally. I mean, some, in some um, in one of my projects. That's true. It, the extension of what's already been doing, I'm just kind of considering how do I do it? And because I need to really understand this whole, uh, how it works. Otherwise, you know, it's not a good thing to, because um, I think you have to pay for it, right? You have to be pay, paying to upload files and things like that, I believe. Well, I mean, I think for people who, 
been working with art in terms of technology, it makes sense in a lot of ways. Um, all you have to do is create a piece of art, I think, and then somehow register it on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm-hmm. And, then, and that's what you sell with the code to the potential buyer. Yeah. I mean, I have friends who are much more versed in this field than I am. And uh, one dealer in particular in Switzerland who has been selling these crypto punks and stuff. So if you get to that stage and you want to have a conversation with him, you, I can put you in touch. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I want to always explore different areas of art. I mean, this is just one thing. It's another medium, especially now nowadays, you know. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's true. It is another medium. Yeah, it's not a... <laughs> another Pandora's box. Oh, oh, I know. Another, you know, scheming <laughs> happening in the future, I'm sure. Oh, my God. I mean, you've you, you got to really appreciate... Uh, how artists are able to create worlds of their own to create worlds out of worlds i mean you know they they come from the outside into the art world now this stuff didn't originate in the art world yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's all technology i mean we, we artists we kind of we we have a sense about something and mm-hmm. we think oh this could be uh this could make an interesting artwork and we start exploring it you know like for instance, like many uh, of our day-to-day, you know, devices came from the military use, like microwave. It was mm-hmm. a military inter- invention. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, it became, it actually, what happened was, I, I suppose the soldier was in the field and they were experimenting something. And they noticed that the chocolate that they had in their pockets melted when they were testing microwaves. And so, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So that kind of um, made a transition into the our everyday life when we just melt things in the microwave and cook them. Right. So that's yes. one of those happy accidents, I guess, that technology moved through military to every day. Uh, but no, artists do this all the time. We just we just children. We play with stuff, you know. Like, oh, what happens if I move here this way or that way? And then before you know it, it's just like a new thing comes up. And you, before you know it, the NFT is happening, you know. <laughs> People. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know. Is there anything else I didn't ask you that you might want to add? I, I think we went off on a little yeah. tangent there, but it was a it was a good thing. It was a timely uh, discussion with this NFT stuff. Yeah, yeah. Lo- very level. No, for sure. And, and please come to the show, Nicolette. Uh, come see it. It's 15th, you know, Gramercy Park South. Yes. Um, through the March 31st, uh, I'll give you a tour. Please do. Mm-hmm. Buddy, please come to the show. <laughs> okay. I will definitely let you know what day. I, I had time this weekend, but somehow this weekend went by super fast. But I'll be in touch and we'll, we'll talk soon. I love it. Again. Okay. See you soon, Nicole. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a great Thank week. Thank you for this. You too. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode with Timur York. I hope you learned a little bit about what happened with artists during the time of uh, the protests in New York. And I hope you check out Timur's work online. He's a great artist who has definitely come into his own during the pandemic.